You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Let's get started. We are officially creating Naptime Empire's history with this one, welcoming our first dad to the podcast. David Seitman Garland is the creator of the Rise to the Top and Create Awesome Online Courses. Over the years, he's helped thousands of students in over 100 countries, myself included, to create and sell online courses on everything from kindergarten teaching to snowboarding. And we go way back. Like he was one of my very first friend tours in this space when I started my business back in 2013. I first heard about him during one of his course launches. It had to have been July or August of 2013. And I still remember being in my living room in Hawaii, watching the free videos and being like, whoa, I really appreciated how he simplified things. And so I knew instantly I was going to sign up for the course because even though I had created college courses from scratch, I also knew myself well enough to know recovering perfectionist status that I'm going to find excuses and reasons why I don't know how to create courses for this particular audience. You know what I mean? So I bought the courses as a sort of insurance policy. And then as any self-respecting teacher's pet does, I binge listened to the modules on various planes, trains, and automobiles. I was actually traveling to my friend Ashley's wedding in the Czech Republic. And I still remember like listening to it all for the first time. And as many of us do, I just sat with the information and did almost nothing with it for months. Eventually, long story short, which I share on the first episode of Naptime Empires, I'll link to it in the show notes, I did create and launch my first online course. And in the course of its first year, I welcomed over 300 students to it. So after that, David and I had a lot to catch up on, and we did a video over on his blog, which got an amazing response. And then we decided to start partnering up to create a special offer of his course, Create Awesome Online Courses, based on my experiences that I could bring to my community as a way to support them on their journey of creating their own online courses for their own dreamies. So... That's just a side note, actually, that I want to share with you because people often ask me how I've created my, what I call my cabinet of friend tours over the years. And this is a perfect example. If you sign up to learn with or from someone and you actually show up and do the work and do it your way and put your unique stamp on it, that is the perfect avenue for the beginning of a beautiful, mutually beneficial relationship and potential business partnership as well. And that's been the case for me and David over the years because we've partnered up pretty much almost every year to spread the word for anybody in my community who wants to help customers get tangible results through courses. And on that note, we are doing it again soon. You can sign up at NikkiElledgeBrown.com slash courses whenever you're listening to this. But for now, I'm just super excited to welcome David to share more about his story, his perspective on the state of online courses in 2018 as we're recording this. And yeah, to welcome him as our first dad. I think you're going to find this conversation inspiring, entertaining, perhaps painfully honest at times. <laughs> I know I did. So enjoy. What we're going to cover is David's take on building a business that supports your life, not the other way around, because he's walked this lifestyle talk even before they have two kiddos now, but even before he had kiddos, this was always something that he prioritized. It wasn't like work consumed his life. He's a big hockey fan. 
We talk about that in the episode. How to navigate the early chaotic years and create a daily or weekly workflow that works for you. Why competition in the online course space is a good thing for creators who do genuinely have value to add. How creating an online course can enhance your one-on-one practice if you don't actually want to replace it, which is obviously totally okay. The benefits of lifetime access and the power of viewing courses with a long-term customer strategy in mind. And this is something I really wanted to talk about basically because it seems like a lot of people are jumping ship and like, ah, don't do lifetime, you know, whatever. But I really appreciate his perspective on this. I think you will too. And then we ended with a super candid conversation on pivoting and changing the focus in your business if what you originally created a course on isn't exactly what's lighting you up anymore. Enjoy. All right, David, I'm really excited for this first dad conversation, first dad award trophy emoji. I've actually been thinking about (laughs) imagining having you on the podcast since before I started recording because I was like, it'd be great to have some dads in here and David would be a great naptime empire-y kind of dad because you've got now two little ones over there. Yes. I mean, you know, I'm honored. Am I, am I the first dad, second dad, third first, dad? What I, first, first dad? dad? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I want a shirt. That. <laughs> that, that, means, that means a lot. I mean, to say the least, but yes, I am a dad of two. I have a three-year-old girl named Aviva who is a human tornado. <laughs> and I have a just turning nine-month-old son, Kobe, who just sits around and smiles at everyone. So yes, but dad of two and also, you know, working from home as well, which is an adventure for everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something that sounds one way. <laughs> and then whenever, whenever reality hits, you're like, oh, well, actually, maybe I need to get out of here and you fools stay here. <laughs> and by home, I mean 96% of the time I'm at Starbucks. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So I've at this point, you know, read the official bio and all of that, but the things that I want to get into in this conversation, one, you know, just your approach, because even before you had the kiddos, you had built your business in a way to where you had time for family and hobbies and life, like actually enjoying your life. And you're a great role model for that. So I would love to talk about that. And then I want to get into the coursey conversations that you and I have been chatting about behind the scenes, but just the state of online courses in 2018 and what you're seeing from your perspective, having worked with thousands of course creators and obviously having your ear to the ground. So let's just start... I guess with the lifestyle piece, because honestly, that's what I appreciate about you most is like you're, the way I've always described it is allergic to overcomplicating things. But really, when I think about all the friend tours that I've known for years, and I have now known you for (laughs) friend tours, four or five years now, is that you walk the talk. You're like, no, I'm actually literally not going to be a workaholic because I don't want to because I want to go to the hockey games or whatever it is. And now you have kiddos. So tell me about your philosophy in business and life and having time to actually enjoy the process. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, and thank you for pointing that out. I mean, this is kind of a fun subject that people often glaze over as opposed to really focusing on. So it's kind of a cool one to talk about because, you know, when I got into business, which believe it or not, what is it? September, I think is what we call our anniversary. I'll get to that. It's going to be 10 years, which I cannot believe, which is insane. But 
what, you know, my first few years when I was in business, what I did was I interviewed every type of entrepreneur out there, every type of entrepreneur from big tech companies to online companies to mom and pop shops to all different things. And what I was always fascinated about is that some people would say, well, I'm making, you know, doing great money or our company's great, but I never see my kids or I haven't gone to the bathroom in six months right? <laughs> or whatever it might be. And to me, that was very disheartening because when I was getting my business off the ground, it was very much a 24-7 thing just because I thought I had to do it that way. And I didn't have kids at that point. I was not married at that point. I just thought, oh, you just work, 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 work. And then when you're done, you work, 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 right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was never a fit because I wanted to create a business that would match the lifestyle that I wanted not the other way around and make my life kind of fit in with my business, right? I didn't want that. Yep. So that's always been my philosophy. It's been kind of the cliche, you know, work smarter, not harder. And so my business model, you know, which is really focused, you know, mostly on online courses, digital products and programs and those kinds of things, it allows me a ton of flexibility. I've got a great team supporting me now. We've got lots of things that we automate and things like that. So my lifestyle is quite awesome. Not to say that there's not stressful times or anything like that. Of course there is or challenges that come up, but you know, I really work on my own schedule. I work out every day, usually in the middle of the day, at least once a week, I go and hit softballs with my dad for two or three hours in the afternoon. We go and do batting practice, things like that. You know, I'm, I have the flexibility, for example, like last Friday, I just stopped work partially through the day and I went and met the kids for lunch. Right. And so to be that's really the magic, I think, of this business, if you allow it to be, is that you can have that mix of, you know, generating great income, which is awesome, right? So last year, I'm not going to toot too many horns here, Nikki, promise, no tooting my own horn. Last year, something I was very proud of is that we were on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies at number 938. But that I love because I looked at all these companies around me and I could just see them that they were very big companies with tons and tons of employees or lots of big overhead. So, you know, one thing is the revenue. The other thing is having a business that you love and you feel good about, right? So what you're doing and helping people. And then the third element is that, is that lifestyle element that often gets washed away. And one thing I want to add to that, Nikki, is that you have to be rigid to allow that kind of freedom. Mm. And let me explain what I mean by that. Because it's one of those ironic, you have to be very disciplined to have freedom. Yeah. Right? So what do I mean by that? Well, for example, I'm not a meetings person. Okay? Hate them. <laughs> Don't need them. I'm talking about really basically online or in person. I probably do, I'm not kidding, like last year, 2017, I probably did three in-person meetings the entire year. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just find another way to either do it or avoid them or whatever it might be. And I know that some people are like, is that crazy? Well, I just don't. I mean, if someone, you know, wants to have coffee or things like that, I have to really evaluate that. Is that what I want to do? Or is, there, is my time better spent somewhere else, either on my business or not my business? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of people are like, well, I'm so busy because I'm doing my business 24-7. That's not really the case with me. And this might sound kind of mean, but maybe I've got softball in the afternoon and I don't want to miss that. Do you know what I mean? And so you have to be disciplined with those kinds of things like meetings and calls and opportunities and really just laser focus on the business. And that's what I think helps with kind of the lifestyle element. So from the beginning, did you set it up like you set up your constraints, for example, of like, these are the times I'm willing to work. And if I don't get it done, then I'm just going to let it 
roll into the next day and then get it done that day. Because I think that's a big, like just in general with working from home and being your own boss and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it can just feel like the list just keeps going. So it starts yeah, to never seep ends. into everything. And so like, what is your mindset to where you're like, okay, cool. This is what I'm going to get done today. But if you don't get it done, then you know, like what is your philosophy? Basically, it's like some people are like, well, I'm not going to go to sleep until it's done. But then this thing pops up and then this thing pops up as opposed right. to like, here's what I'm doing for today. If I don't get it done, I do have to do this other thing, whether it's family time, hobby time, whatever. So I'm going to have to get to it tomorrow. Like, how does that work in your brain? Yeah, because I mean, and, I mean, we all know this. The list never ends. Right. I mean, it is a never ending list. You could literally sit there for 24 hours and work on things every day, right? If you have the energy and whatever it might be. And so, yeah, I just look at it basically as a daily and weekly thing. I am a big kind of list maker, right? I keep it very simple. And I think that's also come with experience. When I, when I started, it was much more chaotic, right? First couple of years, first few years of business is a human tornado you know, on top of another tornado that's on top of one more tornado, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it is. And you're figuring it out. You don't know what to do. You don't know where you like to work from. You don't know what times are going to work. You know what I mean? You just don't know what's going to happen. And so you kind of try dabble. You dabble. You probably will have days where you completely burn out. You'll probably have days where you realize, oh my God, you know, I've done way too much. Or days where you said, you know what? I probably was underproductive this day or whatever mm -hmm. happened, right? And then your life continues to change. Marriage, kids, whatever it might be, right? And so for me, I feel like at this point, I've reached a pretty good kind of self-awareness of like how many things I can put on my calendar on a daily basis without feeling overwhelmed, right? And I will shut it off. I mean, meaning I will be done with work when I'm done, but it's going to be before six o'clock, Mm -hmm. For example, most time, unless I have something else, it might be earlier, yeah. right? But six o'clock could put, we're doing family time, you know, dinner together. I might, depending if there's something very important, let's say we've got a webinar or something that's very important. I might do a quick email check later on before bed, but no, I'm not working through the nights. I'm not doing anything crazy like that. Another thing that I've kind of realized, and again, this is just to each their own with this, is that I can sit here <laughs> for maybe three hours. Does that make sense? I can sit here at my computer for three hours, maybe three and a half if I've drank, you know, a mountain worth of coffee or something, mm -hmm. right? And then I have to take some kind of break. And that break could be going to the gym. That break could be, you know, a lunch. It, it could be whatever it might be. So I'm never sitting here from, let's say, 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. It's nothing like that. I like to try to take lots of breaks, but it just comes honestly with time and just seeing what works and what you feel is right. And, you know, I know lots of people that hate working from home. I love it, even with kids and causing yeah. chaos. Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it, it is just that it's like, I did a lot of co or I've loved doing co-working sessions. And last year I hosted a couple of just like short term, Hey, let's get together where it can feel really lonely when you're working from home and it mm -hmm. can be hard to like make yourself sit down and do the darn thing. And so we would literally just have a co-working call where it's like, everybody's on zoom working on their own thing, but just by showing up and being there. And then every now and then taking that break to stop and evaluate what did you just do? Where did you squirrel? How can you fix that and make it even more efficient for the next time so that you're making the most of the time that you are actually working and just refining and redefining the way that you do it. It's important to have that evaluation process in place. Otherwise, you're literally just carrying your junk from like day to day to day without ever 
optimizing it in a way. So yeah, totally agree with that. I mean, just because, you know, there's so many things going on and you just have to be thinking, what do you really want out of this business? I mean, I know for me, for example, not everyone's like this, but for me, if I have too much time, sometimes I'm not as productive. Yes. Right. So if I have nothing on the calendar, no human contact, I become a big weirdo. (laughs) <laughs> right? Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, because I work from home and, you know, I work, you know, I'm doing podcasting and courses and things like that. It's not like I'm out there talking with people all day. And so I make sure to like schedule social things to a certain degree, right? Yeah. Things that I enjoy because otherwise, I think there was a time this winter where I felt like some weird reclusive mouse because I'm a social person. And so I get energy from people. And so, I was thinking to myself, I'm never doing this again. I got to make sure that I've got things on the calendar. Otherwise, I'm going to sit here and maybe something that should take me 35 minutes is going to take me three hours, Mm -hmm. right? But if I've got things that I'm excited about outside my business as well, then I feel like I'm a productive cat. I'm boom, 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 boom. And I think that's just something, again, that I've learned about myself over time. Yeah, that's a really good point. And whenever I had a Mary Kay business back in grad school and they used to always be like, well, busy people get things done. You know, if people are like, oh, I'm too busy. It's like, but that really is true. And I, oh, so I true. it's important what you said about having the things that are anchored in outside of your business, things that don't relate to your business because it really is. And I've just, I've seen this in myself, especially out in Hawaii, switching into self-proclaimed hermit mode. And then when I would like get around people and actually go to events, I'm like, I forgot. I really do enjoy being around other humans, but like sometimes you can just feel like you were swallowed by the internet and you forget like how to relate with humans on the planet besides the people who actually live inside your house. So that's a really, really important point. And if you're starting to feel like you're going shacky, then that's when you know it's time to anchor in human contact. Get that human contact in. It's worth 10 times the value of just sitting there, you know, feeling bad about yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And making your own deadline because you're right. Whatever that saying is where it'll take the time that you've got. So if you have all day to do the thing as opposed to like, no, I really do. Like we have a hard stop at the end of this interview. So we're going to make it work in the time that we have. Okay. Thank you for that. Speaking of the time that we have, I really would love to just talk to you about coursey things. So we've done our own, you know, partnership, joint promotions of your course from I remember when I signed up for it back in 2013. Oh my gosh. Yeah, can you believe that? That seems like, I mean, it seems relatively long ago now. It's crazy. Yeah, like like a digital lifetime ago. And I remember even though I had created college courses from scratch, the syllabus and everything, I was like, I know I'm gonna find an excuse to be like, wow, but I don't know how to do it for this audience. So I remember, I think it was from like an affiliate at the time on Facebook and I can't even remember her name now. Anyway, but I just really appreciated your approach because it's like, just do it, you know, and stop overanalyzing it. The best technology is the one that you're going to use. But things have changed a lot over the last however many years. We've done this partnership. This will be our fourth time going into it. And last year, I didn't. We didn't do it because I was just, and I told you this in our Facebook message, I was just like, I don't know. I'm reevaluating in my own business. I'm like, I don't know this isn't like the torch I want to carry through throughout my life. This isn't what I want like written on my tombstone or whatever. Like here's how to write your about page. Thanks Nikki for your contribution to society. And it is, you know, it's important, but it's not the thing. And so I've just, I was kind of lost in my own thing. So I want to talk to you about that when people have created courses or even full on businesses around one thing and then we're shifting. So we can talk about that. I also want to talk about just the model of courses as opposed to an ongoing membership situation and your thoughts on that. 
And just in general, when people are like, oh, it's, you know, it's going to be done and it's bursting. The reason why I don't think it is, is because I can see how many people are still dependent on a time for dollars model, which is great. And, and I feel like there's actually a lot of shaming around like people being like, oh, you looking down on people doing services, but it's like, if that's what lights you up, do it. And this is a great way actually that it can enhance, like having a course or a yes. digital product can really enhance and catch your clients up to speed. And I think a lot of people gloss over that point where it's like, here, do the course. And then we're going to just hit the ground running in the one-on-one services. <laughs> can we go backwards on this one? Because I feel it. like, I feel like this is the perfect kind of three-part mini series here. Right? <laughs> yes. So first of all, I mean, in terms of three, no, the boat has not been missed on online courses because the opportunity has never been greater, right? So let's talk about why. Well, first of all, you've got more people taking online courses than ever. You've got more people with the internet. You've got more people, we call this kind of market maturity. So meaning more people understand that an online courses exist now. It's one of those things that the market continues to evolve, right? Now with that comes one big word, which is competition. Okay. But that's actually a good thing. If you look at it as an opportunity. Okay. Because think about everything else that is crowded right now. Let's say podcasting, Nikki, let's say writing a book. There's millions of books. There's yeah. hundreds of thousands of podcasts, right? But what you're doing is you're adding your unique spin, your take, your experience to it. And that has always been a philosophy since I started with online courses way back in 2011 right? And I've seen the industry evolve and it's gotten easier to get courses up online. The barrier of entry continues to get lower and lower and that's a good thing, but it means that you've got to have the chops behind it. And what I mean by that is that courses are going to come from either your personal experience. So let's just say, is it, Nick, give me a random topic, anything Journaling. on the spot. Journaling. Okay. So your experience, so example that you've been journaling for three years and it's changed your world. And now you're going to show people step-by-step step how to start journaling, continue journaling, and then evolve, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Another way to also look at it, like you mentioned, Nikki, a lot of your people are in, let's say a service-based business or coaching or consulting or things like that, is that maybe you've taught Anne and Steve and, and Mary how to do journaling. And now you're going to take that knowledge and turn it into a course that doesn't require you to be there. And again, you're eliminating that need for time for money and you're either eliminating it or enhancing it. So for example, some people that do coaching, they also do want to continue with their coaching, but they also now have a more passive income strategy with online courses. Some use online courses to replace their coaching. Either way is totally fine. But I just have to say this, and I know this from now seeing 4,000 students go through my program, which is a crazy number, right? And I've seen them in over 100 countries. I can tell you right now, the market has never been better, but you have to make sure that one, that you're doing a course that actually has results for people. That's the key thing in this. You can get very, very specific and have results for people. Like for, for example, we've got courses of people that teach baby sleep training, clarinet lessons for adults. We've got a woman named Rachel Bowman who teaches aerial silks, Nikki. Aerial silks. It's like Cirque du Soleil up in the sky. Mm. Okay. And that's a hyper specific niche that she did six figures on last year. Okay. So the bottom line here is that your course has to have a tangible result. And also you have to bring either your experience and or experience working with other people. You don't have to necessarily have both, but you got to have one or the other, right? If you've got both, that's great. And then the third thing is that you really have to focus down and be very specific 
on your market. And the thing though is that the course world has never been hotter right now. So that's kind of number three. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, one of the things that's most exciting to me about what you said is that sure, the barrier of entry is lower than it's ever been, but it really gives great teachers and communicators and connectors an opportunity to stand out because there is more competition. But if you're great and the value that you're sharing is real and people are getting results and their lives are changing because of what you're offering, then you have nothing to worry about. If you're copying and pasting or trying to regurgitate somebody else's stuff, well, yeah, watch your back. Right. As you should, because that's, I mean, people are going to share if it's great and if it's adding value. You're right. And I think the other thing, and this is going to lead to number one, but we'll cover that one last, Nikki, is that kind of talking about your burnout in those situations, but is that you do have to be extremely passionate about this. And I know that sounds cliche and we're going to have rainbows and fluffy bunnies go flying across the, our uh, earbuds right now, right? <laughs> but it is so true because the people that kind of win at this and they do really, really well. And what I mean by that is both from a revenue perspective, a happiness perspective and getting their customers results. Cause at the end of the day, that's what a course is all about is getting your customers results. Okay. And helping them. And if you're not passionate about that for whatever reason it might be, someone else is going to be more passionate and they're going to kind of dominate. Yeah. Right. So that's something to think about. We're going to talk about that as it relates to number one in a second, Nikki, but bottom line is you've got to love what you're going to do or develop a love for it because otherwise it's just not going to work. Just saying that, yes, there's incredible lifestyle that you can create. Yes, you can generate amazing revenue with this, but there is definitely work involved and that work should excite you. And if it doesn't excite you, it might not be the thing for you. Yeah, that's a really important point. Now, because you two, won't sell it. You won't put it out there. If you exactly, don't feel excited about it, you won't. You won't. Yeah. I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking of how can we get more students and how can we take better care of our students? How can we do this or that? I like to think about those things. And, you know, if you're not, then you know what? It might work out a little bit for you, but it's not going to be a long-term thing, right? Which brings up kind of number two, Nikki, where you're talking about kind of the lifetime membership model versus a course model, right? Is that mm-hmm. basically what we want to talk about? So let me tell you something. I also view online courses as a long term strategy. This is very important for everyone because online courses, it's not about trying to do some massive launch. Yes, a launch is important. I show people how to do a launch. Of course, my Create Awesome Online Courses program, hold their hand and show them how to do that, right? But the launch just gets the ball rolling off the hill, right? That's what it is. And and I think that's one of the most hypey, ridiculous things that we see online every day is people bragging about, you know, they sold seven zillion dollars in four minutes or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And then you feel bad, right? Nikki, when you do it and you're like, well, I sold 20 courses. Is that horrible? No, it's amazing, right? Because a a launch just gets the ball rolling off the hill. You have to look at this in terms of long-term, okay? Now, why do we do lifetime membership with my courses versus doing, let's say, a recurring payment. And I'm not saying that we might not change that in the future, Nikki. But let me tell you this. We look at overall value of a customer and also a couple different things. One, loyalty. So when someone's in our online course, my flagship course, Create Awesome Online Courses, which is $1,000 or 12 payments of $97, right? When they're in that program, one, they get lifetime updates, they get lifetime support, they get lifetime access, okay? What that does is makes people, one word here, happy. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. They're happy about this because they're part of a family. They're part of something more than a course. And when you're in my program, just as an example here, is that then when I have other things to sell, which might be a two hour workshop, it might be an additional course, it might be a piece of software, they're not getting nickel and dimed inside the course. They already have full access to that, right? They're better chance of buying other things as well, right? So with a membership site, nothing against membership sites. I'm not blasting it. I'm not going to be that person at all. But membership sites, a lot of times, can be becoming an ongoing treadmill of content that you have to create and ongoing marketing. And doing both of those things at once can be very difficult for people, right? That you've got to, you know, this week you've got to do a live call. You've got to do a, a brand new piece of content. Oh, and by the way, you've also got to get more people into the membership site right? Mm -hmm. And what I've also seen with that is people that struggle with that is that their membership site, people stick around for a very, very short amount of time. There's a lot of turnover and churn, if you will. So if you start looking at the average amount of time someone spends in there, right? And what they actually pay, right? So for example, my course is 997 or 12 payments of 97, Nikki, right? And there's a 30 day, 100% money back guarantee. So anytime in that 30 day, no problem. No homework required, nothing. Okay. After that, they pay. Okay. They pay with their ongoing payments. And the thing is, if you look at the lifetime value of that compared to, let's say, if it was $97 a month, but people only stay for three months, four months, five months, that's far less than one course sale. Right. So you got to look at that both ways. So I love a course model because you're creating really a product and then you're supporting that product. A membership model is more of an ongoing thing. And again, they're just different. So I love not, how do I say this properly, Nikki? I love not nickel and diming people. I love instead, I once had someone tell me, well, David, you could maximize your revenue even more if you had 15 upsells and you did this and that. I don't want to do that to people. I want them to have a good feeling and know that they're getting something complete. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like they're yeah. doing something complete A to Z. Anything else that they might buy in the future, that's also complete, but it's something different. And so I like that feeling that you're getting, you know, the entire iPhone and the apps and all that kind of stuff. You're not just getting a case or something, right? And you got to buy the rest of the things. And that's just my personal philosophy and also kind of how I teach it. Yeah, no, that's a good, I think the operative word there is complete. And it kind of goes along with what we were talking about with just, you know, how you manage your workflow day to day and having that sense of completion is really freaking powerful. One of my friends, Christy Goodwin, Dr. Christy Goodwin, and her focus is on like children and brains technology and how this is affecting us and our kids and blah, blah, blah. And one of the things that I've heard her talk about is the state of insufficiency. Whereas back in the old days, parents might be at the kitchen table with a newspaper, but there is an end to the newspaper. But with our iPhones, there is no end to the internet. Like we will always, there's always something, you know, and I do love the idea of ongoing community. And Mm -hmm. Stu McLaren's a great guy to, if you're interested in memberships to help you know, take the treadmill kind of feeling out of it. But I also really do love the sense of completion. And that's like with a course about copy, I remember you saying that I'm like, right. Okay. Objective. How do they know that they have gotten value from the course? Like what is the measurable outcome? Okay. They've written a site in their voice in a clear, sincere way, a way that helps people realize they want to do business with them, the right people. And and it feels good as a course creator because you can help them actually measure the outcome. So I think okay, that- that's, that's a fantastic. Can I add on to that real quick, Nikki? Yes. Is that thank you for that point? Because that's the, at the end of the day, if your goal is to get someone a result, right? A course makes the most sense period. 
And you look at that, one of the great ironies, and I love Stu, great guy, right? Up in Canada there, loves the accent, smiley, funny guy, right? <laughs> Stu teaches people how to do membership sites, and his core product is a course to teach that. Think yes. about that for a sec, right? Because at the end, <laughs> so think about that. So meaning nothing against membership sites, but I'm saying that if you want to really create a result with something, a result, a course is going to be the best way. Now, after that, maybe there is ongoing things. Maybe there's something that goes from there. Now, if you've got a subject matter, for example, Nikki, that may be something that's changing very fast all the time, all the time, maybe right. a membership might make sense, right? Yeah. So maybe, and I've seen this done both ways. Let's just use an example. Let's say you're teaching Facebook ads, okay? Well, I have actually one of my most successful students, Mark Dawson, has done, I think now, close to three or four million dollars in his Facebook ads for authors course. How cool is that? So he teaches a course, but that could just as easily be what someone else does is teaching that, hey, a monthly membership, we're going to tell you what's working now for Facebook ads. And also, by the way, those can go together too. If you want to go that route, you could have mm -hmm. a course and then, hey, by the way, we've got ongoing training that you can sign up for a subscription. So it just depends on your goals, but a course is something that's very complete and very results oriented. Yeah. And measurable. And that's measurable, the thing. And, exactly. cause it, and I guess it really comes, it's not like semantics down to the words, but almost the idea, because it's like, no matter which way you slice it, even if you're talking success path, you know, Stu talks about the success path so that you do have a measurable outcome so people can see how they're progressing. Even then you could look at that. Well, that's like a little micro course, you know, within your membership, sure. you're still trying to create yeah. something that's measurable for people. And even if it's not like a hard skill, how are they measuring their progress and whatever the content is or the experience you're providing? Okay. Right, because, right. Because at the end of the day, what a course does is it's the shortcut, right? It's getting people the result as fast and as safe as possible. Not trying to necessarily string it out over as long as possible, but you want them to be, you know, the shortcut, get it done. So let's talk, Nikki, I'm, ex I'm very excited to talk about this, about kind of your burnout and your direction. And let's talk about that for sure. Okay. Well, coachy sesh. Yeah. So the reason why I am still excited about this conversation around courses is because obviously I've had over 600 people join in the four years that I've had a course about copy since I first launched it. But then honestly, for the last two years, like the lion's share, I remember 300 plus came just in the first year alone because I was really excited about it and sharing it and streamlined it. I think that's a very important point. Just I want to highlight audio highlight the whole fast and safe as possible because the first time I launched a course about copy and I was just creating it, it, to me, it felt sloppy. My founding members really appreciated it, but still I streamlined it because I was like, what's the path of least resistance? What do they need? And then everything else is bonus examples and blah, blah, blah. So it's good and it's important and it's part of who I am. I've learned so much from the whole experience of creating it, launching it, talking about it, sharing, interacting with people. I built a lot of traction because of it. But I've known, honestly, even since six months into my business before I even started the course that like, this isn't everything for me. This isn't the conversation that I am most excited about. And so that's where I've been kind of like, so what is it? And what is my thing? Is it even courseable, <laughs> teachable, you know? What did you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 so first of all, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. That at the end of the day, you have to be very passionate about your course to make it go and make it be long-term, right? Because yeah. there's too much, it's not something that you could just throw up and then that's it. Do you know what I mean? As you know, there's work involved here and a lot of it can be automated, but it's still lots of work and you're going to be answering questions about copy for the rest of your life, you know what I mean? <laughs> if you let it be. So, you know, there's a couple things to think about here, you know, and realize this, my first course, just as an example, 
was called Create Awesome Interviews, where I talked about doing online interviews. And I really liked that. But then as I did different courses from there, I really discovered when Create Awesome Online Courses launched that that's what I wanted to do. Something clicked inside me. I loved it. I said, you know what? This is my ball game. And in 2013, I shifted my entire business to be about courses. And that's what it's been since then. It's been about digital products and programs and courses. And that's it for the last, you know, and that might drive someone crazy. And, you know, a lot of people also, Nikki, others, might not be sure on their subject, but once they start being successful with it, also might develop even more of a love for it too, right? Yeah. But you're at that point now where I'm just not hearing it from you with, about course about copy. I just, I feel like based on this, and there's nothing wrong with this, I think you need to go a new direction because if this is dragging you down and not something that's exciting you and whatever it might be, and I think you just did kind of a recent kind of final launch of it, if you will, mm -hmm. or final mm -hmm. promotion, mm -hmm. I think it's something that you could, you know, put on the back burner if you want. So meaning it can still sell kind of passively. That's one option, right? So you just kind of, I don't want to say forget about it, but decide, hey, do I still want to have some funnels and some things that remind people of it and just have it pre-recorded and ready to go? Yeah. Also, is there support in there right now? Like meaning, are you in a Facebook group? Are you doing anything like that with them? Yeah, we do have a Facebook group. It's super low maintenance just because that was the other thing I was going to say for people with lifetime membership. It's all in how you communicate expectations and sure. how you're holding the space. So you teach people how to treat you in that sense in your course, you lay down the guidelines. The yeah. Right. So would that be something that would be too hard to maintain, you know, for the foreseeable future? Probably not. No, no. Okay. It's so not. it's not a big deal. So yeah. there's really not a lot that is that you're engrossed with that you would have to say. And by the way, this is one of the great reasons also for a course, Nikki, is that you now have all these great customers that are loving this content and doing this stuff. But if you wanted to discontinue, you know, now that's okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They already have the full product, right? right? right. Um, right. And the support. So meaning you imagine if you had a membership site, and you had a thousand members in there and then you're like, well, I'm going to call it. That's yeah. it. No more revenue, right? right? So looking the other way now, knowing you're very knowledgeable in courses, you've gone through Create Awesome Online courses, you've sold hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in courses. Forgetting courses for a second, do you love teaching? Yeah, I do. I love facilitating light bulb moments. Like before I ever created an online course like this, when I was teaching face-to-face -face and even other traditional online courses, I do, I love simplifying things and helping people see things in a different way with my weird, you know, metaphors and all that jazz. And now do you prefer, so let's just forget the important things about online courses for a second, like meaning having a tangible result, all mm -hmm. those things that people need. Mm -hmm. If you had your choice right now and you could just ignore whatever websites you have and directions you have right now and you said, you know what, I just want to create something from scratch that I'm very excited about that I think I can maintain for a long period of time. Because you know, you know me, I'm not a big jumper around of different things, right. but if someone's passion is gone, the light is out and it's time to move on, I'm all for it, right? Yeah. It's just you know, what you don't want to be is that person that's switching topics every six months, right? And we, I know people like that and they get stuck in the mud, right? Yeah. But if you went clean slate, what would you do? What would you talk about? And to who? Yep. I've been thinking about this a lot. And it's funny you say that too, because even yesterday I was like, I think I just want to like shut down my whole website and just have like truly clean slate landing page. Like, Hey, this is me figuring out what it is that I really do want to talk about. And it's these pieces it's the lifestyle pieces. I know I want to write my first book and okay. that's going awesome. to be my priority. But really what's behind that is it's almost just 
it feels too easy, but it's also the message that's been mirrored back to me. And the heart of it is like permission to be yourself, you know, and that's honestly the heart of the message behind a course about copy, which is letting people know that, no, you really can write exactly as you speak. And that is valuable and exactly Mm -hmm. what people need Mm -hmm. to hear. So it's just a different spin on that. And then permission slips, like what we've been talking about for giving people permission or reminding them, obviously it's not like we're giving it, but reminding people that they have permission to do this their way. They have to listen to what actually feels right for them, right? It's a case of teaching what we most need to learn. Mm-hmm. Now here's a question too. And by the way, I know I'm very excited on this. We can go over our time. Don't worry. We're going to do okay. it. Okay. Yeah. So who are these people? If you were to mentor people in some kind, who are they? Who are these people? Are they women? They're, uh, what are they doing? Yeah, are they they're lost. Me. Are they lost in there, but they're you? So they're, they're me. They're like, you know, ambitious overachievers. We have perfection, like recovering perfectionists. They're also raising small humans and being way too hard on themselves. And again, just not giving themselves permission to do the thing that they do actually feel excited about. Because like maybe they've had success with the thing. Again, I'm literally just describing myself. Like you've had success with the thing and you know you could do it that way. I know I could push, I could force, I could hustle, I could make this. You know, a course about copy could be its own million dollar business, but it doesn't light me up. And if I were to die tomorrow, would I be like, yeah, that's the legacy that I wanted to leave here? You know? There's one thing, I mean, a few things that come to mind, right? I mean, one is that you could obviously document your process, mm-hmm. right? So, meaning basically, starting it as a journey that you're trying to figure out, right? Now realize this is not going to be short-term revenue here. This is going to be long-term, right? (laughs) But your short-term is, you know, Nikki trying to discover Nikki, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. And saying, listen, I I had this successful course. I had these different things, but I need to find now what's lighting me up and what's going to be best for me and my family and my kids and all these kinds of things. And you could document that process, whether it's podcasts or articles or whatever it might be, right? Yeah. And try to attract a community that you see, you already have a community. And I think the community would be interested in this, right? Yeah. Because there's a voyeuristic tendency there, right? We mm-hmm. like to follow people on journeys. We like to watch people do weight loss online. We like to watch people do different. There's, there's something because you see it in you, right? That's yeah. what ends up happening. And it might be an organic thing where you're just sharing and then all of a sudden there's a light bulb thing that happens. You realize you love writing books or whatever it might be. You realize that you want to work with women one-on-one who also are trying to figure it out. You realize you might want to do a workshop where you facilitate the conversations. It might be that you try some one-on-one coaching even to try to just understand where other people are coming from as well. It might be honestly, because I would love, listen, you know me, I'd love to say, Nikki, you need to do a course tomorrow. Okay. And a lot of people that are listening to this need to do a course tomorrow. Okay. (laughs) That is true. I mean, it's very true. I really do. I really do want to highlight. And that's why I'm like, I do want to talk about this because it's my course that gave us the flexibility to be playing around in this space. Like that is a privilege and a blessing of me creating that to where if I did set it on evergreen, a thousand dollars, $2,000 a month, like that's great matters, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And so for me, if I, if I'm giving you advice here, you know, I would think to myself, well, you know, businesses that they have that chaos mode where you're trying a lot of different things and you've got to kind of see what sticks, right? As long as you're just keep trying. And then you get into more of a systemized and building Mm -hmm. mode. And then it's more of an automation mode and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I think you're almost going back to a very knowledgeable chaos mode right now. Totally. 
and, that, and that's fine. I mean, you just have to accept it. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think for you, you're in a very unique position. You've had success with courses. You've got students. You have an email list. You've got a community. You have a podcast. You have all these different assets that a lot of people don't have. And you should just kind of use this as an experimental time with the end goal of discovering what that next thing is going to be. And it might, it, as long as you're trying stuff and not just sitting there thinking about it, right. I think it's going to be a good thing. And that's it. And again, you're in a very unique position here with this because it's going to be a discovery thing for you. And I think it might take a few months. It might take, you know, a little bit longer than that. It also depends on other things like economic needs. Do I need to generate revenue now? What do I need to do? And those things are going to help lead it as well. So I don't think it's about you and I sitting here and saying, well, we're going to find that perfect topic. Like your perfect topic is, you know, how to live in Hawaii and Texas, right? No. <laughs> we're not going to come up with that perfect one right now because you're in that kind of discovery mode where you have to now kind of go out and get experiences and share those and share the journey and then go from there. Yeah. I appreciate you reflecting that and also just knowing and not being like, no, you do need to create a course tomorrow because I do think a lot of people would just stick <laughs> to their talking points. Yeah, And I appreciate you reflecting it. It's been something I've been saying with my friends. It's like 2018 is the new 2013. And in some yeah. ways it feels sure. like I'm going to be starting from scratch, but I know that I'm not. I have experiences, relationships, and a community, like you said, assets to play with. And yeah, I think it's cool. And I really do feel like it's a fun full circle thing to be having this conversation with you five years into my business. And at this point, like you said, the knowledgeable chaos, because I feel like this partnership that we're doing right now is going to be, it's almost like a graduation party where it's like, there's a diving board and there's a platform. I'm about to just fully commit to like getting in there. And that's the other key point. And I'm grateful to have this conversation on the record so that other people who are going to go through this phase are listening to me processing it because it is about trying the stuff because we cannot think our way into clarity. And Lord knows I've tried, you know, for like, even the last couple of years, I've been kind of one foot in, one foot out, la 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 la, and just resisting being right. where I actually am and owning it. Even though I've been, I have been, in some ways I've been sharing this journey along the way, even throughout this podcast, like in my solo episodes and stuff. But it is, it's about doing the thing. Like we were talking about with refining and redefining the way that you work. You have to do the things to see when are your best working hours? When do you focus and get the most done? When do you feel most inspired and charged up? And you don't know that unless you're actually moving your freaking feet. Right, exactly. And paying attention, right, yeah. as you go and saying, yeah. okay, this is working, this isn't working. And, and not just necessarily day to day, but overall, right? Because at the yeah. end of the day, you know, my opinion and what I've done and taught and kind of emulated as well is that eventually you want to be known for something pretty specific. Yeah. Right. But right now we don't know what that's going to be for you. Right. And a lot of your listeners are sitting here thinking, well, I already know what my thing is and I love teaching, you know, this or that. And that's great. But if you're in that discovery mode, you've got to go through the journey of just trying different stuff, you know, going from there and seeing how, yeah, how it makes it feel, how people are responding to it. Is this something that you could see yourself doing long-term or short-term? And then it might be, Nikki, it might just be, as you figure these things out, it might also be doing some shorter workshops, a couple hours of material that you then sell so that you're not losing that, you know, hey, 
got to make a living selling things and doing great products. Yes. You know what I mean? It yeah. might be that, hey, you're going to put together a two-hour workshop that you're going to sell for a few hundred dollars that's going to be on topic X mm -hmm. after a few months. Do you know what I mean? So always, one thing I, I definitely want to encourage too is kind of a final thought on this is that you do not want to forget about our good friend, Dr. Revenue. Yeah. Right? Dr. Revenue comes to, for a visit. You definitely want Dr. Revenue to come visit right? Yeah. And I think too many people sometimes think, well, I'm just going to kind of float for too long. And then they got to get back into thinking revenue and business. And then it kind of gets a little screwy. So at least keep that in your back of your head of like, okay, here's some, oh man, this could be great to share this experience in whatever format we come up with, right? Yeah. Um, that would be my advice. And I know it'll be very interesting to revisit this. <laughs> I have no, I have no doubt. It will. It will to flash forward to it. But exactly that. And that's the thing I do. Like, okay, if I do know that I love to teach, then I am open to what are the things that I love to talk about that people are responding to and then picking up those what I call divine breadcrumbs, right? Of noticing, okay, here's where we have an overlap. We've got a winner here. And it doesn't have to be like that's the other thing I see a lot of people trying to do is go straight into creating the course without realizing working with people one-on-one -on -one and refining your content and seeing what are the questions people are asking and where are people getting stuck on this particular thing or what's really resonating. It's valuable market research. And then you're creating the content as you go. And that's what I did first time around with the course about copy. I was working with people and that's what made me see like, oh wow, I'm saying the same thing over and over. It sure would be helpful to them and to me to put this in one place. So yeah, dude, back to basics. Back I love it. I love basics. it. I'm, exci I'm excited to, to keep tabs on it. All right. Well, okay. As we wrap up, is there anything we haven't covered? And you can think, you know, with dad hat, uncle David hat, course creator hat, anything we haven't covered yet that. No, I think, I think, I think we nailed it all. I mean, I, I'm very excited for our upcoming webinar, uh, which I think, oh, is right. be you know, it's, it's funny because which we're going to be doing on, we got to make sure here I got on my calendar, right? May Obviously 17th. May 17th at noon central, which is, I'm going to be teaching my, you know, seven steps to creating, promoting and profiting for online courses system. And I'm sure you'll have a link for people, Nikki, at some point. Yes. Uh, it's going to uh, be NikkiElledgeBrown.com slash courses, always and forever. Whether you are listening to this in real time or not, you can go and find David that way. <laughs> and, and just kind of my added thought on that is, you know, we've done a partnership multiple times and now then we took a little hiatus and now we're back at meeting hiatus as you were, as Nikki was beginning her discovery of Nikki, right? <laughs> uh, but Every time we've done this, your audience, you know, Nikki Nation, if yeah. you will, yeah. really, really responds well to this training. Like, I am very excited about this because we're going to be tailoring it very specifically to your audience. So, for example, and you don't even know this yet, Nikki, so surprise, is that, you know, we're going to work with you, Nikki, before this training to really, really understand your audience even more in depth so I can customize the training specifically for you guys, not for anyone else right? So how can I make it relatable to you? And, and every time we do this training, it, it's funny, we call it, you know, just Nikki Nation comes out very strong. So if you're thinking about creating an online course, if you're not, you're not even sure, you've got no idea, absolutely also come out. If you're, you know, know this is something you want to do, absolutely come out. If you're not sure, whatever it might be, you know, we're going to have a great training, also a, a live Q&A. And, you know, I'm very much looking forward to it. Those things really pump me up. And I know it's going to be great training and you'll be bringing your unique perspective too for it. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun. And we've had literally hundreds of people from my community who have then been like, 
we just find you refreshing and your allergy to overcomplicating things. And I tend to attract my fellow recovering perfectionists who <laughs> tend to overthink things and then spin out on one little detail or whatever, when it's like, no, just get it done. It's not serving anyone in your Dropbox or in draft mode or whatever. And so this is like the, like I talk about all the time, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be shared with the course about copy stuff. And I appreciate your perspective that you bring as that relates to course creating things. And there's been so many courses that it's been fun to watch from people who I was able to introduce to you and then they've gone on and created their courses. And now it's just cool to see what people are doing. And there's, there's no right or wrong way to incorporate it into your business. It's however it works for you and your clients and your customers as a way to serve. So yeah, whether you're thinking about creating a course right now, and I know a lot of people are, because whenever we were first planning this, I was like, let me just take a little pulse check in my community to see who's working on it. And there were so many people who were like, yes, oh my gosh, it's been taking me forever. Or it's on my list, you know, for this year, it's like, it's just going to be a fun and inspiring and super informative training always is. So I'll gather up some questions that we can customize and different angles to approach to see what other people are thinking. But I do feel like even just this conversation is going to get the gears turning and having people creating intentional courses that are valuable to them and to their people. Absolutely. And by the way, regardless of where you're at right now, for everyone listening, come on out. I mean, meaning if you're a, a complete beginner starting from scratch, you've got no idea, you know, what you're doing, that's totally fine. If you're a seasoned pro, come on out. If you just think you want to maybe add this on to your current business as an additional revenue stream, come on out. If you want to do this as your, whatever your situation is, just come on out. It's going to be a blast. We will be live and in charge. Yep. All right. Uh, and that'll be... NikkiElledgeBrown.com slash courses. David, thank you for sharing all about your take, your perspective, your story. I appreciate you and the work that you do. And it's been fun. As always, I'm looking forward to it. And great questions. It was fun to kind of talk about just not the typical stuff. It was fun to talk about lifestyle. It was fun to talk about your challenges. I think that's really cool and why your podcast is awesome and you're awesome is just, you know, willing to put yourself out there and just do things that are a little bit different. And just being open and honest with people, I think is just very refreshing in a world mm. where sometimes it's just not so common and I wish it was. I appreciate you for saying that. Thank you. All right. Your homework, should you choose to accept it? Number one, I want you to ask yourself, what ahas did this conversation spark around your own business model? And is this current path that you're on in service to your ideal lifestyle or is it just burning you the F out? You know, and how could packaging what you know and your process that you go through with clients or customers, how could that help free up some space, whether that's space for yourself, for your family, for you to create other projects, for you to work on your first book, for you to work with more clients, like whatever it is that you want to do. I just want you to get the gears turning. And if there's even a fume or a freaking twinkle that this might be something you want to do in terms of creating an online information product as a way to serve your dreamies, then I want you to get your booty over to NikkiElledgeBrown.com slash courses and join us. It's going to be fun. It's going to be inspiring. And I know you're going to learn something. So I hope to see you there. Catch you next time. This show may be over, but the conversation is just beginning. Head on over to NaptimeEmpires.com slash Facebook so you can join my free... Didn't I say free? I'm in priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire Builders for deeper discussions, behind the scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. 
naptimeempires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Ha, ha, ha.